So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Polymorph, Polymorph, here we are. Yay. Right. Uh, um, to be honest, this episode I-, I was looking forward to getting to. I think when I first sat down and suggested to you to watch Red Dwarf, Matty, I think this was the sort of thing I had in mind that you might enjoy. Yeah. Now, I know I know we haven't all said hello properly yet, but tell me you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, lo- I loved it. I loved it. Yay. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, 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 I continue. That this was exactly what I expected when I when I when you first told me about Red Dwarf and I've never seen it before, it, I had an expectation of what I thought it was going to be like, and it wasn't like that. I still loved it, but it wasn't. This episode was what I thought it was going to be like. Yes, I, I think this is sort of like the baseline level of the series. What it was getting to not at all perfect for everything, and there's some things I think this left behind possibly. But yeah, this has felt like red dwarf of my youth would you agree dan i mean you don't have to but would you no, I'm, I'm going I, I thought about pretending i didn't like it but you know i'd be a fool it was excellent i really loved it it was it was over too soon it this episode flew by and all of a sudden it was the end and i knew it was the end but you know i could have gone around again we could have had the other one yeah. <laughs> matt I, I have a sneaking suspicion that you enjoyed it especially as you texted me saying how much you loved it <laughs> Give away. Well, this is the thing. I watched, I, I watched it on Sun. I watched it on Sunday, which is four days ago, and I've had the absolute urge to talk about it from the second that I finished watching it. Obviously, I couldn't, which was frustrating <laughs> in itself. I think you should go around and ask everybody else first, because I think if I start talking about it, I won't stop. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna have to be very. Stri- I have to be strict anyway, but I was gonna be really strict because. If my notes are anything to go by, I have got a third extra notes than what I usually write, to be honest with you. And I was trying to do shorthand and miss things out. So there's quite a lot, I think there's quite a lot packed into this episode. But I can give you a minute to think about it if you want to. But we're going to do the the usual, give me one thing you love. But yeah, we've got to be, we have got to be strict with ourselves here. Because we could start all rambling. So... So, Matt, I'm going to give you the honour of going first, though, if you give me one thing. (laughs) All right. My favourite bit. It's kind of obvious. They're all going to be obvious. Am I allowed to talk about the actual scene, not the actual joke, the scene? If the scene's Um, important, yeah, go on. Okay, right. So it's when Rimmer has had his (laughs) anger removed and looks does look like a cross between an open university lecturer and Rolf Harris um, wearing his <laughs> give Keisha chance t-shirt love it but it's it's when he says that he thinks they should call themselves the committee for the liberation and integration of terrifying organisms and rehabilitation into society then realizes that's the acronym clitoris damn it yeah. you beat me to it <laughs> which I just which I just I almost fell off my chair okay. Jump in now and stop yeah, me that's, talking. No, that's, that's great. I mean, that, that encapsulates a lot about that scene because, yeah, I think I ended up writing down every one of Rimmer's lines in that. Uh, <laughs> go, go on then, Matty. Uh, um, as our resident noob. <laughs> yes, take but, a drink, everyone. I said it again. Um, what the, do you think? The best thing is that I've got all my notes here written down in one big note. I've just got in big letters, clitoris. 
which of course of course i had to do but um my, i absolutely love this line as well dave lifter um i say let's get out there and chat it <laughs> it's just superbly delivered isn't yeah, it yeah brilliantly I mean, done it. well i say let's get out there and chat it dan uh well you've you've both taken lines that i had <laughs> I, I i'm gonna say one of my favorite lines is um well, you should see what this man can do with Alphabetti Spaghetti. Uh. <laughs> Alphabetti Spaghetti! Brilliant. There's still lots of good stuff left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is. There is. It's just um, that they, I think they were three of the uh, biggies for sure. But it is all that sort of stuff. It, uh, uh, that, that's lovely, thanks. And let's put that on a back burner, shall we? And, uh, and all that sort of thing. So not the one thing, but that, that whole thing it sort of ties into what you said Matt, but there was there were so many there that's lovely david david have you got anything his... to bring to this forum <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing it you're doing it his 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 placatory hand gestures yeah well, yeah yeah sort of tony blair you know yeah. kind of and that was just everything about it was fab let's actually put that scene on the back burner for a second because it will come around to that as it's the sort of the last scene really as fabulous as it was and let's talk nuts and bolts character stuff Crichton has arrived hooray <laughs> with his groinal attachment i may add <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. most most usefully he's worked out what voice he wants to use which is oh, almost there was one scene where he uh, didn't yeah there was one he started brilliantly though it dri- dropped but but broadly speaking i was there but yeah the groinal attachment that's useful <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i can plug a number of add-ons into my groinal socket yeah it was when he did it, I did laugh, and then I thought, oh, God. You know, it's kind of <laughs> slightly obvious, but but really funny. And then he did his Max Hedrin stuttering stuck thing when he um, uh, sucks up the penny. My favourite bit of that, about that scene is as he's going out and the cat comes in, they high-five each other. I was yeah, like, no, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not nervous. That... Yeah, it was. I loved that. Yeah, it was good. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean... Let's face it, it was, um, it was on form this episode right from the start, and that's one of the first things. And we've been aching for Crichton to come back. And yes, there was some of him in backwards. Uh, there was. But this suddenly seemed that he was doing stuff that was funny and worthwhile and, and, and hopefully where he's going to be. But yeah, my favourite thing about that, for some reason, was so you can just put in an egg whisk and whip up a Spanish omelette. And sort of just the sort of like the Spanish little... Omelette. Mm-hmm. The little brilliance of a Spanish omelette, not just an omelette, <laughs> a Spanish omelette. I don't know what that makes me giggle. But yeah, <laughs> uh, dear. But, but it's also a hedge trimmer, and they sort of get this image of him trimming hedges. <laughs> I suppose it would have been a wire, wouldn't it? <laughs> he wouldn't be standing there waving his groin around. <laughs> also, who just uh, say yeah. that? Um, in this one as well, his sort of well, his. Uh, apartment his flat whatever you want to call it his residence has completely changed his cabin his cabin that that would be the right one of course yeah it's completely changed like it was changed it was changed in backwards but we only very saw the briefest uh, amounts of it a tiny bit of it but it's completely changed you actually saw the sign as uh, as either cat was walking in or Crichton was walking out at that high five it did actually say officers quarters they have definitely moved now they made a point of it but we obviously we can see it and 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 we just saw that little detail to just confirm why oh so so they have actually moved i see okay yeah i mean it's funny really i mean it's so ingrained in my head. It's, it's been weird watching it like this this time because all these things are just sort of there. 
suddenly being there felt apparent as in it hasn't done before for me because it's just been part and parcel of it and watched it since she was a kid sort of thing but yeah it does suddenly crop up and this is why it's weird with Crichton suddenly being something different even though we've seen him a little bit are you glad to see Crichton Matt it's weird obviously as, uh, as I said before he was always very present when I watched it and having the I don't want to call it misstep or false start with Crichton in the, in the second series and then it, he really has been kind of not there the last two episodes and this is the first episode where he really seems to have arrived um, I still don't think he did a massive amount apart from be rude and his groinal thing and then there was that little bit later which we will come on to uh, which i think is in the the next scene um which was kind of amusing but <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it, for me he's kind of it's not like yay it's it's like he's kind of getting here getting there it's kind of i guess i'm sort of it's he's ramping up you know what i mean dan how do you feel about it coming into it knowing Crichton? this was i can see both sides i can see he's he's much more in in future episodes and i know that but for this was the biggest episode for him as a now newly reformed character and really fully part of the crew. The high five scene helped underline that. He's chatting. He's not just, you know, he wasn't a major character in, in, in this one, but he, he had a lot more to do, especially when you consider, obviously, he, him and Cat were barely there in, in Maroon. Yeah, he, he, he was properly in it. And yes, with that one little blip. It's here. We're in. Somewhere. He sounds like Crichton now, whereas last week it was a hot mess, I would say. You mean that one little blip? Yeah. So that's a quote. <laughs> You're going to have your witch about you all the time. Don't let up for one second or it'll just creep up on you and blip. You dog me. Yeah, he wasn't a major... He was as much a character in this as all of them, wasn't it? It was really a sort of like an all of them episode, really. No one particularly stood out, I I don't think. The downside for me here is the situation with Holly. Already, I don't know how much you're looking at this, Matty, but 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 already there's scenes where Holly says something, Crichton explains the next bit. Holly says something, Crichton explains the next bit. It's yeah. not a detriment to the episode itself. The episode still works. But character-wise, Holly, having known how great Holly has been in the past, Holly is now just... Now nah, she explained a couple of things. Mm. I mean, how did you how did you feel about that? Because that that's what what I was thinking, and we haven't had much from Holly this series at all so far, apart from the black hole stuff last last week. Yeah. And, and this what this one, yeah, same again. It's, it's just uh, she explained a couple of things, and then Crichton took over. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like Holly is now there for the purpose of the comic relief more than sort of the information, the explanation side. I think Crichton, like you say, has kind of taken that part. Yeah, Holly just feels more comic relief now more than anything else. But she wasn't doing much for comic relief. I I mean, she, she's delivered I a couple of lines nice, think... nicely, but she didn't have funny lines. No, but I think they yeah, tried to put it say. in that I, way. I, I was just going to say, I don't really agree because I don't think there was any comic relief with her this week at all. This, this episode was very Holly light, and I think that's probably apart from one or two other small things, probably the biggest downside thing of this episode was the fact that there was she had so little to do. Yeah, I guess it's a downside in the sense of last week it was a downside that we didn't have Crichton and Cat, but it was still a great episode. Holly wasn't needed this episode, so she was just reduced in that sense. I guess, I guess it's the keeping an eye on whether that becomes prevalent as we go through episodes, because that, that was the only thing I noticed was 
Crichton took the larger role of that. And he had a size scan, <laughs> which I think it, is going to be... There was some new technology this week, wasn't there? There was a few bits of technology that suggest that they've decontaminated some different parts of the ship and all of a sudden they've got access to things like bazookoids and, and, and things like that. It was it was quite Heath Robinson in the first few series. They're, they're three million years in the future. Or they, they haven't spent all that time evolving and generating new tech, but um, it was, you know, this is what a toaster might look like in the future. And it was still a toaster, but it could talk. Whereas there are technological advances and finally we're beginning to see one or two of them, at least in the form of bazookoids. And um, and really quite an impressive microwave that you can Indeed. throw ingredients yeah. in and then serve plated food. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the size scan. Uh, I, I that's a sort of Star Trek, wasn't it, really? A Star trek thing. And this was a joke on replicators, I think, in, in a way, wasn't it? Just a stupid way to do it. I have a feeling that Craig Charles made an error in that scene that he w- he did it too quickly. He opened yeah, you, the microwave too quickly. Because you can see the plates being put into view, and that is my biggest bugbearer of the thing. Again, very small, when you in the grand scheme of things for this particular episode, I was just like, oh. Yeah, it's always been a thing on this yes. one. But there is another one as well, which, if you didn't notice, great. When you notice it, it's a pain. When they're talking about the boxer shorts disappearing, and they're still there on the bed. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, can they're very we, tiny. They're very tiny. Can we rewind to the very start? Yep. With the eight, the eighties voice video, you know, the eighties video voice warning. The mm. no, it's the blah blah blah. You know, uh, why was there a warning? Is it was it like a joke? Was it? Um, I didn't think there was anything particularly scary in, in this episode that would have caused offence, seeing as it when it would have been shown after the watershed. So. That goes to my fact. Oh, I was going to... Well, I bet there oh, is a on, fact. I, I mean... Go on. Have we got any thoughts about it before Matt reveals? Because <laughs> actually, I don't I don't know the answer to this, Matty. I mean, I did wonder about this, and I wondered if it was because of suicide references, maybe, or sexual stuff in it that not usually there. You're right, it's not because of the scary nature, is it? For me, it felt just like a, an attempt to, to ape... Uh, a, a, a alien type thing. thing. You know, it wasn't, it was, it was, if it was a genuine warning, it wouldn't have been done in a silly voice, would it? Mm. Well, I don't know. I possibly. <laughs> I don't go, know. Go on, Matt. You, you're all kind of close as well. So, um, what I've got in here, it says, the pre-credits warning about the episode's content was a comedic um, device um, as the episode was broadcast past the 9pm watershed uh, where adult content was allowed, but also it was aired just after a Twilight Zone special on the next channel and it was kind of a mickey take out of that apparently okay oh, okay interesting I, I, I always wondered whether it was a serious thing or not but yeah it's not serious no or whether it was just trying to delve into like matt was saying the 80s vibe of aliens and that sort of thing yeah was it the age of the video nasty yeah so i guess it's a mickey take of that maybe could be. I mean, it's, it's straight away, once the credits had rolled, went into the sort of like horror in the box type thing to the stupid teeth around the camera. <laughs> I mean, the effects, <laughs> the effects in this yes. were brilliantly naff, weren't they? I mean, they played on it. I, I thought they were lovely on the whole with, with the uh, moving sausage and, and stuff like that. Uh, maybe not the snake. Uh, the tap expanding as it went through the tap, was a pretty cool effect. It was well done, Matty, you're, you're the person who's bothered by these effects. <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny you say that, because actually just one note, I put that's one actual 
semi-impressive um, effect that they've put on there, which was the tap. Um, yeah, yeah it's cool, wasn't it? it? It was obviously some sort of, Well, it was obvious how it was done, but it was done very well. The bit where he's actually wrestling the fake snake, and I thought, oh, love a bit of slapstick. It was a lovely <laughs> was bit funny. of slapstick. It was funny, and obviously leading into the, uh, you'd bonk anything, wouldn't you, <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Rimmer thinking they're having sex. Um, <laughs> well, he has to okay. on attachments. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, that's, that's a, a great joke. I mean, interestingly, I think it works better. in a, It's a similar sort of thing I was talking about last week with the dog licking their testicles joke and then following it up with the take the taste away of the food. And this was another... Well, I can't say I'm totally shocked. You sort of know what he's talking about, but it, it works better with the follow-up, doesn't it? You'll bonk anything, won't you, Lister? Mm-hmm. You'll, think, yeah, yeah. You'll, yeah, you'll bonk anything, yeah. <laughs> Poor Rimmer. When you're watching his home videos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I nearly chose that when I was deliberating about the f- best thing. I thought it was not quite the best thing, but just the, the sort of cut to the video with the <laughs> tin of ants. It's just hilarious. <laughs> Bless. And then them talking about putting landmines in his sandpit. Uh. And how are they supposed to know it was going to go off? <laughs> I mean, how sweet and naive. <laughs> I know. Wow. The landmine uh, but, uh, which they got from their dad's weapons cupboard yeah i mean do do we think character wise he actually thinks that or is it just a front does he act he doesn't actually think it was boyhood pranks does he yeah he, knows, he does he i think he, he knows does, he yeah. was bullied but think you think he, a... he thinks it i think he genuinely thinks it i do i don't think they I... could confront the fact that they genuinely tried to blow him up yeah i agree i think there's a massive massive whole load of denial there mm. yeah but if... you know getting serious because we haven't got loads of themes this week what what this episode is lacking really is the the themes that we've always talked about okay but apart from the rim issues maybe some stuff about we need emotions or and stuff like that i guess but um denial if someone's in denial is there a range of different denial is is there sort of like people who are in denial who just don't admit it out loud but they know it inside or is denial actually a suppression of it when he starts wallowing, when he starts to confront at various different times in various different episodes, he start, he, he, he confronts it and he gets quite depressed um, about how woe is him and he didn't have the right knobby parents and he didn't understand gazpacho soup and he was mm. he's quite crestfallen because he when he when he's telling the story about how Porky Roebuck was actually the ringleader and was going to eat his right buttock, you know, and he and he gets that gets to him. Whereas this was very casual. I don't think that was that he genuinely, you know, he's, he's able to very casually say, how are they supposed to know it was going to go off? Obviously, the joke is, of course, they did. And they were trying to murder him again. Um, you know, they weren't pranks. They were horrible. But, yeah, I think he, he quite he's 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 fooling himself. He is fooling himself. But he, it's working in that scene. For me. Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's a it's a it's a tricky one because I think everybody has things that they feel um sort of self-conscious and uncomfortable with and you know obviously I'm no different to that and there are things that I suppose everybody's in denial about it's a very powerful thing of course in a perfect world everybody would be perfect and wouldn't have had past situations that they would like to forget about if it's for the sake of comedy Rimmer is doing that because if he sat down and wallowed as Dan said he would just basically completely fall apart about how awful his life was and actually in his afterlife living 
as a hologram with Lister and the cat and um, Crichton and Holly on the ship, even though he has trials and tribulations, his life's a downside better than it was than it was when he was growing up. Maybe. But now we're still technically on character watch here, so that's a lot about. Um... Uh, Crichton and Rimmer, um, I suppose character plus performance watch. I mean, I don't about you guys, but we've said it a few times now, so it's still happening. Um, Lister, Craig Charles, really hitting the stride, do you think? Um, yeah. It's very, very amusing with his um, devil-may-care cookery and mm. um, the, his use of uh, the medical implements. Something that long ago in history may well have performed a certain popular Jewish operation. No, the fact also, can <laughs> I we mean, say... N- when... None of us are Jewish. Uh, I don't know about if, if we had an operation, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, also, can we just say as well, the fact that he was... So what well, was the thing? He was making a kebab. That was his thing. I don't know how many kebabs you've seen that look like a infected sausage, but... That's a shammy kebab, yeah, or it's a kufta kebab. Um, I've li- I lived in Turkey, Matt, Matty. I have to say, I have seen and I have eaten kebabs that look like that. Oh, really? I don't know, so we have Spanish omelets for the Lanzarote King. There we go. I can do uh, the Spanish omelet. Kebabs for Mr. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! What can we got? What have we got, Dan? I feel left out. Just lemon juice from the insemination. <laughs> <brain>. <laughs> I'm not sure we can claim chili sauce in a colostomy bag. So, so yeah, so Lister, so, so Dan, um, he's coming to his own, isn't he, Lister? I think so. I think Craig Charles would have had a lot of fun doing this. He was, he was just Lister that we know and love in that cooking scene, and I thought he did, he did very well uh, at that. He, he was in, he was in his element. All of a sudden, you know, he was creating something, and and, and was really a bit miffed when Cat wasn't wasn't impressed that all oh, he was using all these medical medical uh, tools and implements because you know as he said it's 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 been it's been sanitized it's clean you know he was really pleased with what he was doing but then craig charles got to absolutely you know just just play a different version obviously when when he'd had his um when he'd had his fear taken out and and the sort of swaggering what was it let's get out there and twat it i particularly enjoyed one swift knee and a happy sax it'll drop like anyone else it was a different character and i got the impression that that craig charles enjoyed that it wasn't just let him get knackered eating me to death. <laughs> get a nuclear warhead, strap it to my forehead. I'm not like into oblivion. Um, I mean, is it wrong for me to say his accent suited that so well? It made it sort of extra special. It, yeah, no, not I, wrong. It's fine. Apologies to all our yeah. uh, listeners. <laughs> But think about the microwave. That that sort of reminded me of um, the toilet in the first series and the sort of toaster, in a way. It sort of had the sort of air of things on the ship. The only thing it didn't do was, was talk, really. We've lost our food machines, haven't we? I feel as though we've moved on. I'm not saying this necessarily in a, in a, that's a bad thing, but it reminded me that those things aren't present now so, and that the show has, has changed and is, is moving it in a, a slightly different direction. But I said before, um, Curry Watch, I don't know if you remember, Matty, quite a while ago, maybe in the first series, I said, let's have Curry Watch. It is, it's, that's now arriving. I mean, it's been mentioned a few times. We had a little bit in... It was the second series, maybe, Better Than Life, when they were having the Vindaloo. Uh, more curry here. It, it's becoming a, a character trait, for sure. Okay. Anyway, I just thought I'd put that, put that out there. So, character-wise, are we still on characters? The Cat... When uh, Lister was unconscious, 
great bit of acting from Danny John Jules and completely different personality cat wise he was really concerned mm. he wasn't like mm. just looking around for things that uh, that were that were his and fish he was really concerned and i just thought I, I actually had to stop writing, put my pen down for a second, then rewatch that scene again. And and, um, and I've written, Cat is really well, is really concerned about Al. It's maybe being picky, but it was a character, out of character moment, really, wasn't it? Because he shouldn't have been that concerned. And one of the great things about the cat is he never has been concerned. Or we could be generous and say, oh, he's developing. And they have a, a, a crew bond. <laughs> This is, as, as, as Matty pointed out, this is the same cat that high-fived Crichton. So maybe actually Cat is, is, is growing, not just to be more part of the crew, but to actually give a toss about some of the rest of the crew. <laughs> or there were so many jokes to stuff into this episode that they didn't have time to bother with others. Perhaps so, perhaps so. Perhaps so. Although saying that, let's get to my thing that is the negative of the, of the uh, episode, really. And that was the, the chase Scooby-Doo scene with the cat. It seemed to go on a little bit too long, I think, possibly. Yeah, missing the Benny Hill theme tune, but that was pretty much that scene, wasn't it, really? See, you say that, but then actually the second one where they all went in to fight it ended very quickly. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, that was very quick, yeah. Mm. That was just kind of a... It was... Boom, done. It was very slapstick, along with the same thing as as the snake. Um, I think it's wholly forgivable, because obviously they'd all decided to run away from it. Crichton had some Space Corps directive to wanting to contact other life forms. Let's move it. Oh, what about the Space Corps directive, which states it is our primary overriding duty to contact other life forms, exchange information, and wherever possible, bring them home? Uh, but... Then it was then it was followed that was followed up quite swiftly by one of my other favourite lines of the um, whole show, with Rimmer's with his what about the Rimmer directive? Never tangle with anything that has more teeth than the entire Osmond family. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I'm glad you've gone there because obviously uh, we've got Curry Watch going. Um, we do need a, a, a long term pin in Space Corps directive for those yeah. people who are uninitiated. Um, let's just put a pin in that oh. for for a long time. You know. Uh, you know that that develops somewhat. I would say. I, I would. I would say it does. Yes. Look. Look. Look for those. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever compiled the Space Corps directives as um, as recited by uh, by Crichton. But yeah. But we'll, we'll, let's get to those when they start appearing a bit more, shall we? But yeah, it's, it was nice to sort of see the first appearance of that from Crichton in what is his first major episode, I suppose, yeah. apart from his Crichton episode. Yeah, so that's my only thing. I felt that went on a little bit too long, but maybe it just felt like that because we just had a thick and fast couple of scenes of so many jokes that suddenly there was this thing and it just it wasn't as funny as the rest of the episode. Is that just me or, or do you feel that as well? You are right. I did find it funny in the main, um, but it did go on too long. Only a, only a, a, a little bit. But it was just thought as we watched it, both me and Becky sort of said, "Oh, that went on a little bit too long." We sort of looked at each other. But you know, we're talking to Becky. I, I think this is the episode she's enjoyed most. There were several laugh out loud moments, as we, I'm sure we agree. And uh, yeah, I think it's her favourite so far. Did anyone notice the sort of obvious alien sort of pastiche when they're in the sort of lift thing and they're doing the "It's here, 
you know, kind of thing, in oh, sort yeah, of pushed yeah, yeah. turns and yeah. in sort of shot in profile. I expected Sigourney Weaver to pop up any moment, start rising. John Hurt start writhing around with stuff coming out of his stomach. It, it probably it wasn't the only um, alien-esque feature of the episode, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, of course. No, it's like we said before, it's the 80s film thing, Aliens. The, the creature yeah. itself is, is a take on the alien. Like you say, them going hunting it is like aliens and alien. Yeah, I mean, it's basically comedy alien, isn't it, at the end of the day? <laughs> just, but just in case in case we're going to we're going to move on from from characters i know there's probably bits that we were, we're definitely going to but can, can we just talk briefly about the cat explaining to the polymorph who appears to him as somebody who wants to have sex with him um, uh-huh. how you've got to be on your guard and, and i just thought brilliant. he played that brilliantly that was that was a brilliant it. cat i absolutely loved that yeah, it's fab because it is Cat having decent lines and showing his stupidity. Yeah. And uh, Matty, do you recognise who that woman was? She's, he's probably got the facts in front of him. I actually don't. I have no idea. Francis right. Barber. So Francis Barber, who played, from your point of view, she played Madame Kavarian in Doctor Who. Oh. The Matt Smith years. Do you remember the eye patch lady? I do remember the eye patch lady. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, I didn't A little know bit that. Loads of things. Oh, yes, yes, but that was the reference I'd get, uh, I would think, Matt, yeah, Matt no, he would get. Yeah, that's the one I'd get. Jenny who? Yeah. <laughs> I've got that written. <laughs> <laughs> but what, I think one thing I've never noticed before after all these years, or at least I've forgotten it anyway, was when he is being stupid and saying, got and she rolls her eyes at him. Yes, just before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she absolutely does. He goes, follow me, rolls, his, rolls her eyes, and off she goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, that was a lovely scene and a lovely way to lead into it and uh, take his vanity. Probably the last good bit of Cat has of this episode, really. I mean, he's quite funny yes. when he's the tramp, but he's the least funny of the four for me. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly what I thought. Exactly what I thought. But, again, there's so much to stuff into it with Lister and Rimmer and Crichton getting his, his moment in the sun. That um, mm. yeah, hard to sort of do too much with the lack of vanity. I mean, no, no, nothing wrong with what um, he did, but just there were less funny lines for him. Really, it was just a couple of interjections. So I think we co- have we covered all characters now. We've talked about all characters in that sense, haven't we? Really, and in the meantime, we have ticked off a lot of the, the moments we liked. Matty, anything we missed out you wanted to mention about this episode that um, you thought was particularly good? I, we've literally covered absolutely everything I have written down. Do nothing for me. We've done episodes where we've effectively recited the entire script. I'm loath to try and do that again, but there were just two really good bits of, of, of Crichton. The first was was when he's having had his emotions taken away. He's really, really lays into Rin to Rimmer. Has anyone ever told you you're a disgusting pus-filled bubo who has all the wit, charm and sophistication of an Alsatian dog after a head swap operation? Which I thought was, you know, <laughs> say what you think. But that was him without an emotion and you put a pin in Space Corps directive, you know, when he's talking to Rimmer, when he's watching the uh, the movie, the home movie, and he, he refers to his mum as a trout and then proceeds to compound it. And... <laughs> intimated she was an ugly, lungless marine animal with galloping senility. Oh, no, I, I've done it again, haven't I? That, I, I think that's a... That's a, a, a Crichtonism. I think we, we, we might see a bit more of with... A foolish-minded, blubbery fish. I'm, I'm really glad you said a bit about the Alsatian dog and the Buzzfield <laughs> dude, because 
I was starting to get really tired by this point because of having written pretty much the entire script down. <laughs> I was starting to kind of think, oh, I can't be bothered to write that bit down. I'm sure someone's going to say, and you did, so thank I you. I did go back and make sure I got it all down. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were a few very, very good lines, but um, we, we've talked before about coming, you know, doesn't always... Oh, look, it's Bonehead's mum. <laughs> oh, screw you, Hadron Head. About doesn't, you doesn't always work to come back and explain the joke. Now, we know that Crichton's just done it again. He goes off start, he goes off screen and then comes back and and that's him realizing that he's done it again which does make the joke work even more yeah I, I that's what I was about to follow up with when you were talking about that this the nice TV joke of leaving the camera yes or the equivalent of going into the wings and and coming out again isn't it really so yeah. I, I like that I like yeah. that physicality of that one I, I feel as though we've missed a foul I'm sure we've missed a... <laughs> probably <laughs> have. we have we have back to the rimmer scene where he's um mellow mellow rimmer it just obviously oh, we talked about his his t shirt and his appearance and stuff like that, but um, the obviously fact... the car stickers won't be available till next Thursday. Yes. <laughs> it was stuff like that. Call it extreme if you like, but I propose we hit it hard and hit it fast with a major and I mean major leaflet campaign. It was just all so hilarious, and and he played it so well with the kind of and it was just such the antithesis of Lister being totally psych psychotic, rude Crichton, and then kind of depressed cat. The the cat was was you're right was the least effective in that situation. But we had several of those sorts of things where there, there were lots of different things. So I switch into another scene again. So we had all this stuff with um, Crichton saying the fish. We had all the sort of like the Rimmer stuff you're talking about there, and but even Rimmer's mum brilliant lines that she had it was like the pistons on an ocean liner <laughs> oh. i honestly thought my false teeth were gonna drop out <laughs> oh, obviously leading up to the alphabet is spaghetti but <laughs> <laughs> i mean there was just it was just piling them in uh, for it was just great i mean actually i'm gonna be negative that's uh, one negative point about the episode again um holly keeping interrupting saying it's it's the polymorph trying to make you angry did it need the break in between what they were saying lister and my mum <laughs> you just had my mum <laughs> i mean the whole series the whole scene's brilliant isn't it <laughs> I think, but do, I do think, we need holly interjecting i think once was yeah. plenty yeah once was was was, was enough i mean we can needed I, the cool it on can i just say though alphabet spaghetti oh brilliant <laughs> They're, they're, they're we don't, they don't have it anymore. They have hoops or just tin spaghetti, but you used to have all the different shapes, like noodle doodles. And um, <laughs> you'd have like kind of, if whatever the cartoon was, there'll be like He-Man ones or whatever. You don't get those anymore. They were lush. I've, see, I've never had alphabet I'm glad that's where your mind goes. <laughs> see, I've never had but, alphabet spaghetti though, so I'm guessing it's pasta in the shape of letters. Yeah. Okay, that's Basically. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of one of those things, isn't it? It's sort of how they get to alphabet. I wonder, I want to know the brainstorming session they had and the other things they rejected before they got to alphabet spaghetti. <laughs> I mean, on, you're, 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 you're the writer, you're in a supermarket, you walk past it, you think, oh, that's amusing. I must get that into um, somewhere. Exactly. It's just a funny thing. And that's why I like it. It's just a funny thing like that, isn't it? And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, something like that working. It's sort of like sexually using alphabet spaghetti. <laughs> 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 um, oh. It might help Matthew with his spelling in those <laughs> situations. I don't know. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. See, that's why we've all spelt our names right, Matty, because we had alphabet spaghetti when we were kids. Yeah. See, that's it. <laughs> to go back to your point about about Holly, I mean, I, you know, 
to be to be a bit 2021 about it is Crichton taking over is Holly not having necessarily great lines and, and and apparently needing to have what she's saying explained by other people is this is this a female character losing agency or am I just being a bit 2021 about it I think you're being 2021 I think they've lost Norman Lovett but thinking about the lines that she has had they are written in the same way mm. um and I can imagine him saying them I just think it's the change in dynamic of bringing Crichton in and they haven't got round to her yet. I don't want you to panic, Arne, but it does appear there's a very tiny possibility that there may very well, in all likelihood, possibly be a non-human life form on board. Uh, there are now five characters in a way that previously, you know, Holly came became a, 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 a real character before, well, before we had Crichton and certainly before Cat came into it in, in the way that he obviously is now. So I guess they are... You know, if you take as read that it will be Lister and Rimmer and then who else, because it is it is fun, it is effectively about them. You know, there will be better Holly episodes um, and, uh, and, and she'll get the opportunity to come to the fore. This was an ensemble piece, I felt, but it, there was room for four, but perhaps not room for five. And maybe maybe that's to come. It is worth bearing that sort of thing in mind, though, because, again, as we go forward a bit away from it, but there is that issue of not having a female on board. And may maybe we get to tackle that at some point, you know, and the reaction to that sort of thing. But I, I don't think it's because she, the Holly's female. I don't think that's um, anything to do with it here. No, I, 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 I don't think so. I'm, I'm probably overthinking it because we're doing a podcast to think about these things in a lot of depth. Because mm. uh, I, I think if it was, they would have cast a man as Holly again. I mean, it was convenient to have the sex change as she'd been in the last time, but I think if that was a problem, they just would have recast uh, uh, Gordon in there or, or, you know, a different guy and and used a backup computer or something like, like that if it they, they wanted a female. So I, don't, I think it's a writing issue as much as anything. Now, I don't know where they were, but, yeah, I, I just think as fab as Holly was in the second series particularly, I just think that they were finding issues with writing for Holly. I, I think yeah, we said it a couple of times. It's just, 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 just tough to have a head who comes in and says funny things all the time, isn't it, really? Because you can't do much else or she can't do that much else. Now, I'll be proved wrong in a few episodes. They will have other things for her to do. But, you know, I, I, I reckon it's just got to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, even Norman Lovett had, had, you know, we remember very fondly the brilliant episodes and there were episodes where Norman Lovett really didn't do much. Beautiful. So, Matty, the, the ending. Obviously, next week we've got Polymorph uh, 2 because uh, there's another one in the box. Mm. I, I mean, I like the end. Like you said, I like the ending. It was one of those where, obviously, I really wanted to go and watch the next one, but then I try to watch them on the actual day. But I'm, I'm looking forward to what the next one's going to bring. Right. Um, now, I propose we give Quiche a chance and, and move on. Um, I can't believe we haven't said the phrase I propose we we hit it hard and hit it fast with a major and I mean major leaflet campaign <laughs> I mean why why I, I couldn't bring that up as one of my favorites because that scene would be done but that that's been one of my all-time favorite red dwarf moments I think really that line yeah the actual polymorph creature we haven't mentioned a lot about it not that it actually did have lines and stuff, but there was that one particular effect where it was in the bin and it shot upwards that was I thought that was that was brilliant. Mm, um, it was really good, and when it sort of was when it was blown up, 
I actually did groan when it panned underneath the pod and it said contains two for the other um, polymorph. Now, Matt can have his facts of the week and so can I. <laughs> Is the it a episode... story of a childhood holiday? No, this isn't. This, no, this isn't a childhood holiday or being lost in the in a department <laughs> store or anything like that. According to something that I have read, can I just ask that ending? Is that the ending that that's always been there, as far as you're concerned? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, when the episode was being remastered, Doug Naylor opted to change the end of the story, um, with the second polymorph making an appearance as a bouncing ball. Then the caption actually explains that somehow it, this this uh, this extra polymorph was less intelligent and ended up bouncing into um, uh, Lister's clean underpants drawer and st- stowed away there for many years and died of old age. <laughs> uh, apparently, the, the the reason for this is because of Doug Naylor was um, decided he was going to change the ending due to his dislike of fans constantly asking him about the second creature's face in the original ending. Mm. Well, with the remastered things, I, I, um, in the 90s, they came out on video, they did a remaster job because it was around the time that Star Wars was getting remastered and all that sort of thing. And so right. they put new, new effects in and put scutters in where there weren't scutters before and took away the Red Dwarf model and put in a horrible CGI thing. They weren't very well received at all. I bought the couple, I think I bought the first series. I'm not sure if I bought the second. I don't remember the second, but I definitely bought the first series when it was remastered. But yeah, they weren't very well done really. And it was, and it was a bit of a waste of time. Um, I think the general feeling is. So presumably it was in that sort of process when they were just mucking around with it. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I would say about this episode is, yeah, a couple of the transitions from whatever it was to Polymoo was a screen wipe, and it that didn't work perfectly. doesn't mm. need to work perfectly. I'm being picky now. Yeah, so I can see why you'd want to change it, perhaps, but I don't think they needed revisiting, really. It's not the sort of thing you need to revisit. But it was in that time when CGI was coming out, and these things were looking dated, or mm. people were looking at them with a different eye, really, whereas now I think we look at them and glad they're like they are. I think if you're the creator of Star Wars and you have the opportunity to play with some toys that you would love to have had when you were making these in the late 70s and early 80s, I can sort of see why you might choose to go and, you know, add some stuff that you might have done if, if, if money and technology was no object all those years ago. But this is a sitcom. It, you know, this and, and the creators and the people who own it and the, and the opportunity to, to, to master it, remaster it and do anything else were the writers. This is about whether it's funny or not you know the the change, mucking around with the visuals is you know it's, it's a sidebar we we look at it and pick up on some of the stuff that you can and can't do on telly but fundamentally you know their expertise is making characters funny in this particular situation i don't you know you can muck around what it looks like but it was funny and sometimes the special effects are funny um because they're supposed to be and sometimes the special effects are funny because it's 30 years old and that's quite funny. It's a, it's a it's a long running argument, isn't it, about this stuff? Really, there's the artistic reasons for it. There's the commercial reasons for it. Now, if they can put out a couple more VHSs and, and the fans buy them, then they're making a bit more money. There's a reason for doing it in that yeah. sense. I'm not saying that's definitely what they did here. I'm just saying it's obviously a consideration, isn't it? But I mean, we're not going to solve that because uh, the Star Wars stuff. We we know the bad stuff. And we all know hand shot first. 
and um, but there were good changes that we maybe don't notice, if I may be so bold as to say that. So it's an arg- argument we c- that can rage, but we don't need to rage about it here, I suppose. <laughs> but but what I will say on the credits side of things, that that is one of my um, pet peeves. Really, is there are obviously two big spoilers in the opening credits for this episode. How aware are you of that? Watching it, Matty. You know, in the opening credits, you've got the the appearance of the big monster behind them at the end, yeah. and you also have the well, the whole thing of him swinging his bat and getting himself in the in the balls. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I've seen that scene obviously quite a few times now. Whenever it opens, so it was more just a case of oh, that's where it came from. I, it wasn't really much of a. It didn't feel like a spoiler as much to me. Yeah, I mean, I I take those things on board really, and and sort of think, ah, oh, I wish they hadn't shown it. I get why they're doing that in the titles, but it's all like, mm. Mm. you know, I like the surprise element of it. We've we've seen the monster already, yeah. you know, and it makes it makes himself hit himself less funny in the episode actual. I think. Um, I think there's also the case. So I know what you say. I do know what you're saying, but I think there's always the case that a lot of people, and I would say this about myself when I was was younger, if a program that I liked had new opening titles, it was like... Oh, yeah, analyse them, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 not analyse, just be really excited that it had new yeah, titles. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what Doctor Who does so, every every few years? Yeah, but it doesn't show bits from the... Uh, well, no, that's true. I, the episodes, I, think, isn't it? I think it's kind of of its, of its time. I don't know if, if they would they would do that necessarily these days. No, because it is spoilers, isn't it, really, to a certain extent? And there's now a whole industry of, of people wanting to avoid spoilers. Yeah, but I certainly don't want to finish on on a negative because overall, um, fabulous episode. I think I think we're all on the same page with that one, which is nice because we've had a few ups and downs. I say ups and downs. We've slightly disagreed on a, on a couple of episodes here and there. <laughs> but I think we're on the same page with this one. Yeah. Say aye. I, I, but I can I can say now, Matt. We haven't got a bad episode for quite a while. I think you're gonna don't say oh, it out loud. No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> right then, because uh, you'll get the ump if one of us doesn't like it. Me, to be silly. I don't get the ump. Of course not. <laughs> so um, I, I think probably we've said all we need to say today, haven't we? And uh, except goodbye, I suppose. So um, so it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. See you later, everyone. So, um... No, thanks for joining us.